Two Beards Talk, where thought lives and dies. So we're just going to jump right in. By the way, I hit record. So today I'm sitting here talking to uh, Anton. Anton's Hi. my... Uh, my my, I don't even know what to call you anymore. My ex brother in law, well, soon to be ex brother in law, past, uh, well, no, always brother in law, sister's ex boyfriend, several lines of of relationship back there. <laughs> <laughs> Our family is like a, a full on Jerry Springer episode. Oh yeah. Uh, Anton, uh, why don't you introduce yourself? What have you done? Um. What do you do I've now? I've done several different things. Um, what do you like doing? What do I like doing? Well, as a profession, I'm a truck driver. There you go. Um, I own my own truck. Uh, before that, uh, I was in the Army. Uh, before that, uh, I was actually working with you, doing pool cages and screen rooms. Yep. Yeah. That's like 25, 20 years back now, so I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so you're in your truck. What kind of truck you got? I got an old classic Kenworth cab over. Well, let's be real. It's, it's a Kenworth cab over. That is the Optimus Prime original. The original Optimus Prime basically Actually, is what it looks like, roughly. Yeah. Well, the original Optimus Prime was a flat top. Mine's like the... Yeah, yours is the upgraded Optimus. Well, it's... Exactly like the TV show BJ and the Bear, except it's not red and not red and white, which makes it not the same. Yeah. Uh, you know, last podcast I updated this tablet. You're on it, a laptop, it, right there. It just finished. It's a tablet. It comes off. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it just finished. So, bear, bear with me half a second. Time's up. <laughs> I'm so glad you could be here today. I know. <laughs> and my enter key's not working, so we're going to avoid that or leave that alone. Uh, what'd you do in the army? I was a truck driver. <laughs> Shocker. Eighty-eight, Mike. Yeah. Uh, what? What? Uh, what was your ending rank? Beginning rank. Both the same. A specialist. <laughs> For some reason, I've noticed people who go in as a specialist don't really change. Yeah. Or it's hard to break out of that. I think you got a lateral move and then move up. No. You can, you can move up, but um, when you're a specialist, you see all the crap that the NCOs have to deal with, and you don't want to move up quite yet. <laughs> and, then they all, and then they all leave the Army and forget to move up ever during the four to whatever years they go in. Well, that's why they call the E4s uh, E4 Mafia, the Sham Shield. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, so you went in pr the Army pretty late. Yeah, I did. I was 33 when I joined. And uh, it went because I never graduated high school. So I never got my GED. And I never got my GED. And so when I was. Uh, when I did want to join when I was getting out of high school, I wasn't able to. Mm -hmm. And because I'm lazy and unmotivated, or not self-motivated, I should say, I never pursued my GED at the time. And so until years later, um, when I got interested in something that I need to have my GED for, I never pursued it. Yeah. 
So, uh, what was basic training like at 33? Because I can tell you now, basic training for me at 36, thirty-six. <laughs> uh, hell no. No way. Nope. Mm -mm. Ain't going to happen. But if it's something that you want to do, okay. you, will continue, you will do it. Isn't that self-motivating right there? No. How isn't it? Because it... Okay. <laughs> well, I guess you got to have a goal. And so okay. that will, I guess, self-motivate you. Yeah. There's got to be something driving you beyond, yes. beyond the, the end game of what you're going for. Yes. For me, it's money. Eh. That gets me out of bed every day. <laughs> eh. Yeah. Money, see, I've never worried about money. It's never been. Oh, I don't worry about me, it. You know? I just like having it. Okay. I like the getting up in the morning and going, you know what? We should start a podcast. And then buying everything to start a podcast. <laughs> impulse buys. I get it. Yes. Yeah, I want to mm -hmm. be able to impulse buy. So, so uh, basic at 33, what was that like? It was fun. Yeah. I had a blast. Yeah. I honestly did. Um, I wasn't the oldest, oldest person in my basic training either. Really? Really. Um, there was a guy that was 42 years old. How in the hell did he get into basic? Because they opened up their, they relaxed their standards so much. So, so you were in at the time where they needed bodies. Yes. So About you, 300,000 push is when I got in. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I had a blast though. I was out there with the uh, seven, well, my bunk, the guy that was on the top bunk of me in basic, he was 17 years old. His parents waived and signed the waiver for him to join. Wow. So you got a 33 year old and a 17 year old that are paired up together. <laughs> yeah. That could, uh, that could create for some, uh, very fast maturing and some very quick, uh, de-escalating maturity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> did uh, did you find anything that was maybe easier for younger kids to do that you had trouble with? Well, because I was out of shape. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but throughout basic, uh, well, actually, no, because it was also a kid that was a scrawny little kid, like 19 years old, and he weighed maybe about 85 pounds. Damn. Yeah. He couldn't lift his rucksack and carry it and march the entire time he couldn't he could not pass his pt test to graduate um but he did it three times and then they brought him to a private area and did his pt test a private area yeah instead of in front of the whole platoon so so how, what do you think happened in the private area do you think he made it <laughs> Let's be real now. If he couldn't make it three different times prior, but he had an MOS where he was never going to deploy and he was going to sit behind a computer the entire time. Yeah. So I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I'm not saying they, yeah, they just pencil whipped it, but he passed. You know, it, it kind of brings up a little bit of a point that I, mean, I can't stop touching this bourbon. I really want to crack it open, but... I was a little drunk last night. A little? <laughs> There's a few of us that were a little drunk last night. So my daughter graduated from med school. Congratulations, Samantha. Congratulations, uh, I'm Samantha. Sorry, so proud. sorry, Dr. Creso. Oh, yes. Uh, that was pretty epic. So we, we had a really, probably the best family get-together. Oh, yeah. 
that we've ever had. Like oh, nobody wow. argued, nobody complained about people drinking, and it was just a good time. I really enjoyed it. I'd yeah. actually do it again without Dr. Visa. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't uh, without her because it was her all about her. Then. Yeah, yeah. Last night was all about her. It was great. Uh, thank you for cooking. Oh, no uh, I enjoyed norm- it. Normally, I get stuck out cooking, so it was a, it was really cool to uh, watch to somebody else do it. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it brings up something that I saw a video on earlier in the week. It was uh, Marine Basic, mm-hmm. and there was a five foot nothing, hundred and nothing woman rucking in the wood, you know, finishing the ruck. And uh, she fell probably 10 times in the last 100 yards. Okay. And she actually stopped and put her gun down and just laid. It didn't lay back, but laid forward, and she wasn't moving. You know, one of the things that I really like about the military is their way to rally around guys Mm -hmm. and and ladies and uh, make them see that where their brain thinks they they have to stop, there's more in the tank. Absolutely. uh, and surprisingly, is a lot more in the tank. Uh, so she got up, and you could see that her hips were not having fun. She had a wicked limp on her, uh, mainly because her packet shifted on her back in a way that she couldn't balance it anymore, so she had to favor. Yeah. And uh, I'm watching her finish, and I'm thinking, that's going to be a 35% disability when she's done. <laughs> you know, basic beats the hell out of you. And uh, But, you know, it, it's... Uh, and depending on your branch, some basics do beat the hell out of you, but not like they used to. Oh, yeah. You know, we used oh, to. Yeah, I kind of disagree <clears throat> with. Uh... Okay, when I, when I went in, right before my cycle, um, they had, well, they had taken away. They didn't take away, but they weren't given out this, uh, I forget what they called it. It was uh, some type of card if you feel that you're getting pushed too hard or oh. getting picked on or whatever. Yeah. Um, you could just pull the card out and they'd back off. The drill instructors would back off. So you get a drill instructor yellow card. Uh, kind of. <laughs> whatever it was called. I don't remember. Um, but that I did not agree with. I, I think if you're in basic training, you're supposed to be pushed as hard as you can to see where you can get to and then prove to yourself that you can get past that point yeah um and i also kind of wish that they never started the no hands on i would i kind of think that the drill instructors should have been able to keep like if if you wanted to fight they should have been able to fight yeah just to prove that you're not as tough as you think you are i can see that to a point but at the same time you're you're taking kids most of the time and yeah uh you don't know their backgrounds so you're so you're 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 gonna you're gonna touch on things uh depending on your style of being a drill sergeant that maybe isn't so i'm gonna disagree with myself on this because i'm gonna say on this side maybe it's not right to push them to the point where mentally they're gonna break but at the same time you gotta break them yeah you know what i mean Uh, i have this struggle internally Like I, I'm, I'm, I ascribe to you're in the military. See, it's a hundred percent voluntary join, so you know what you're getting into before you actually go. Yeah. Well, depends on who you're. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know what the military is supposed to be. Okay. And yeah. If they never took away the hands-on, then you know you're going in. and You're going to be fighting against people that 
have been in for a while. Mm-hmm. If you have an attitude with you, you know. Well, that's the thing too. I, and I, they go back to a lot of the stories that the civilians see about the military are negative because, of course, negative shocks and negative entertains. Yeah. So we don't see the good and the the after effects of of what the military does. We see sexual assault cases. We see. Uh, the fact that hazing still exists. I actually haven't seen that in a while, so maybe that's kind of calmed down. But how can you be expected to go and take a life if you can't emotionally even deal with being yelled at or you can't yeah. emotionally deal with being beat up? Yeah. What happens when you're getting beat up and you have your guys with you that you're protecting? Let's like, say you're taking up the rear and you're getting your ass kicked. All your guys are dead. Well, yes and no. Because uh, if... You're getting your ass kicked in the back. You're going to be hollering out to the guys in front of you. Yeah. They're going to turn around. They're going to come back and help you. you True. Know? But my, my point was more along the line of uh, if you can't take it in a setting where they're trying to get you to an end game or to yeah. an end point, how can, how can you take it in the field? And I think that yeah. lends to a lot of why we have, I, in my opinion, more PTSD today. I think it, it's not, not weed, it's not right. weeded out, or they're not being prepared in basic. Yeah, and uh, that's kind of why I disagree with them not being able to put hands on. Yeah, so it's you know I'm all over the place on this subject. Yeah, it's uh, I, I struggle because I want our milita- military to be the best. I want it to be the strongest. I want our guys to be the toughest. But then again, I do know there's a lot more technical jobs now in the military that don't require you to be a badass. Yeah, so. <sighs> I'm also a guy of standards. If you got standards, everybody needs to meet that standard. Exactly. So you can't have some dumbass 100-pound kid just get penciled through because they know he's not going to do anything. If that's the case, then make a separate thing for him. Make a separate basic for that. That's I mean, that I could see. Because, you know, see. the guys flying drones in, in Kuwait don't need to know if they're physically going to make it in Afghanistan or, or Iraq or wherever yeah, we're gonna go they're never going to go next. They're never going to be there. Yeah. They're going to be on a computer screen. Yep. So... Although they do have to be mental tough in yeah. order, because if they're the ones with the weapons, you know, they got to be able to take a life. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think, but I think society's at a point right now where video games have really prepared people really well to not value life when it's on a screen. Yeah, when it's on a screen. So absolutely. if they're not making that connection or if they're being trained to not make that connection, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I like to think, yeah, and it'd be no problem, but I know damn well I'm going to look at it for a second, and there's going to be a lot of thoughts that run through my head real quick. Uh, and would I do it? Would I pull the trigger the first time? Yeah, I don't know. Never been in that situation. Don't know if I would. It's uh, That one was not a beer fart. Or a burp. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, what I would do in that scenario, and a lot of people don't, and that's why you got to be trained. Yeah, and you know? then we also got rules of engagement downrange. So I don't even want to go into that. Yeah, the rules of engagements are, yeah, they're shit. Absolutely. So there's uh, so you were in a lot of convoys. You didn't really uh, drive the big trucks. You you did all security the whole time, right? No. Um, in Iraq, we did all. Well, for the first nine months, we were pulling all security. Then we moved up to a different base. Um, and then we end up pulling our own security and supply trucks. Okay. So. 
Fun times. Yes. I guess your air conditioner went out once. A couple of times. <laughs> That's terrible. I could not. It was. Yeah. It was like 115 summer on, times. On our, well, on, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. It's, it's some hot ass weather. <laughs> you yeah. know, when I went to Texas, it was 105. It's different than here, though. Texas, I mean, Texas is really humid also. South and Texas. When we were in Killeen, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, well, it might not have been that bad at the time we were there. Maybe, yeah. I mean, it was Probably hot, it. but it wasn't Florida, 100 and humid. <laughs> so, uh, one tour, two tours? Two tours. Two one tours. to Iraq, one to Afghanistan. Which country do you think we was, was worth more going to? Neither. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed both of them, though. Yeah. Um, Iraq really just felt like we were just doing a police call mission yeah. type deal. We weren't really <clears throat> doing anything. We weren't building... Well, I didn't see us building up anything, you know. Um, when I was in Afghanistan, um, I did see bases going up and we're, like the infrastructure was getting built up. Uh, mm -hmm. Roads were getting redone that were completely blown and shot up, uh, blown apart and everything. <coughs> And that was already all taken care of in Iraq before I ever got there. Yeah. You know, so. Iraq's the one, just on, as a civilian, Iraq's the one that, at the time, I was all for it. But, you know, we had had the Gulf War 10, 15 years before that. So yeah. that generation mentality was more like, we didn't finish what we were there the first time to do. Let's go back and finish it. Absolutely. Is that right? Probably not. Probably shouldn't have been there. Uh, was there WMD? Probably. Did they move it? If he's a smart dictator, yeah, he fucking got it out of the country. Yeah. I mean, that's just common sense. But yeah. at, at the time, I think it really pulled away from what we were trying to do worldwide. As a, Was that you? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying not to <laughs> acknowledge that. But it, I think it pulled away from uh, what we, our focus was worldwide. Yeah. Uh, insurgencies and terrorists, uh, that, was, that was what we really should have been fighting against. Finish that. If Saddam still ain't letting inspectors in, you know what? The UN, it's a piece of crap. And <laughs> it's a piece of crap. And if they couldn't take care of it, you know, it's not our, it's not our job to go run around and chase every country to make sure they're following the rules. Like, yeah. It's just a waste of money and time and life. That's my two cents. Not worth much. No. <laughs> no. So you, what was your contract for? Four years? Yeah, I signed up for four years, not including the base training in AIT. Okay, so uh, you did post-AIT and basic four years? Yeah. Yep. How long, how long were you in? I was actually in for five years uh, total. Damn deployments. Of, well, I extended for my second deployment because I'm, I feel that if I go out there with the group, yep. I should stay till the end. Yeah, I can, I can completely get on board with that. And... Uh, uh, there were a couple of guys that didn't ex didn't extend, and they left in mid tour. Yeah. And I have nothing against them. That's their choice, mm -hmm. you know. Um, we ended up getting replacements for them, but they weren't the same because we weren't a, we didn't train or anything. They're newcomers. They're they're outsiders, I guess, and call them. Well, you know? your unit was no longer the unit. Exactly. Yeah, that's got to be rough. I hate training new guys. Yeah. 
<laughs> they didn't know how we operate and how we run. We didn't know how to joke around exactly with them at first, you know. Yeah. Um, it's like it's like getting a new guy for a job, except your job is high stress and lives are on the line. So hmm. not knowing uh, who they are, it can be a it can be a hazard too. And a hassle. It can be well, a freaking hassle. Yeah, it's a hassle, definitely. Um, <laughs> not so much a, hassle, a hazard because everybody's trained. And we all know that everybody knows what's going to hap- mm-hmm. happen when it happens. So it's just as far as the tight-knit. Um, the brotherhood. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Should have gone in and got it, but I get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh so now, yeah. you, so now you're back to driving a truck. You drove a truck before. Yeah. Now you're you took a break to go fight for your country, and yeah. Now you're back to driving, but now you own your truck, so that's cool. Absolutely. So what kind well, of loads? My, huh? What kind of loads you run? Well, I got my truck signed on with a company that just power only. What it is is we go pick up trailers for customers, and we'll deliver the trailer to wherever they need it. Um, it could be brand new trailers. It could be loaded trailer it could be a flatbed uh, that's got stuff on it that needs to get strapped or chained down um could be a generator to run broadcast equipment for a football game uh, really yeah that's Mobile pretty cool stages everything and anything so the super bowl <laughs> i wish <laughs> i brought uh generator to run broadcast equipment to a lot of college games college yeah. football games um, that's pretty cool yeah it's a lot of trucks yeah. there when you get there or before you, after you, whatever. Yeah. I saw the when the Super Bowl came last time to Raymond James. It's like a week and a half before. Now it's more than that because everything really does start like a week before. Yes. It's like two weeks before you start just trucks everywhere. Yep. And uh, the main parking parking lot for Raymond James, the back half of it was just rigs. <laughs> for stuff that didn't need to be like the trailers on full for stages and shit. So yeah. that stuff was all at the stadium. But the other stuff, you know, it's just rows and rows and rows of trucks. Same thing with Monster Jam. So, uh, yeah, that's cool. Uh, so you like driving? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of an understatement. I mean, ever since I was a little kid, I've always been into, like, riding three wheels, dirt bikes, and anything motorized the wheels just got bigger yeah (laughs) (laughs) so uh, any plans for more trucks or running your own company beyond beyond contracting um i would like to uh with what's been going on with covid19 and everything and how a lot of stuff's got shut down um i have thought about uh going out and getting my own authority and just started my own actual company instead of being uh, on an operator signed on to a company. Um, but I haven't jumped on it yet to do that. Um, I'm still hesitant. Um, but in the future, I would like to have multiple trucks up to probably like nine or ten trucks. Um, just a small fleet. Nah, get a big fleet. <laughs> yeah, but the problem with that is the drivers. Yeah. you got to find decent drivers. And yeah. It is so it, hard these days. Well, you know, we worked uh, pool cages together, and it was hard finding guys then. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I know I was I was probably uh, 
more strict on how long I would deal with crap. Uh, the other crew chief, he would uh, probably deal with more than I would. Yeah. The other main guy. Uh, I just got sick of it after a while and was like, two guys, that's all I need. So I'm just going to run with two guys. <laughs> Screw it. How are you going to get it out? I'm going to figure it out. Two guys, though. I'm not taking anyone else. It's... Uh, but when you were on some of them bigger cages, it's easier for you to lift one half of the roof section because you are a bigger guy. Yeah, that's true. That so is very you true. Can, you can work with just two other guys. I remember, what was it like your first week, first cage? Yeah, first cage. You ended up with me, and I had, I just got promoted. So the way it worked, I got promoted on a big job. I really wanted to finish that cage. That cage was freaking enormous. We finished that cage. <clears throat> No, we left. We left to do a Bon Appetit restaurant roof, and then yes. we came back. Yeah. Uh, but later, we were working together on a cage with another guy who was, like, buff. Like, you'd expect him to be strong. <laughs> like, and, you know, he's older, but yeah. still lifting weights, uh, mm -hmm. looks good for a guy. Uh mm -hmm. He just couldn't couldn't handle anything. I mean, we were lifting a roof up. I remember this. It's burned in my memory. Uh, me and this other guy were on the house side of the roof, and I think you were on the outside wall. Yeah. So you had the whole outside wall, two beams carrying up to put the roof section up. And uh, we get like two thirds the way up, and he says, "I can't, I can't hold it anymore." I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? We're not even in. <laughs> I know. And uh, so I turn around, and he's got the – now he has the the roof section wedged in his ladder to a point where he can't lift it up to the top of the ladder to, to rest. Yeah, I remember And uh, I think I started yelling at him, like, you better, you know, expletive, expletive, get that thing up there. Uh, <laughs> if it goes, my crap's going to hit you. And yeah, it's just going to take just Anton off the ladder. Yeah. I mean, it was just, there, there was no good outcome to this. And so uh, he, he just sat there for, it, it felt like eternity for me because I'm like, yeah, because you were up high. I'm like, listen, dude, I'm either going to have to come down and we go all the way down or I don't know. And uh, all I remember is when he let it go. And I'm like, Holy crap, everyone's going to die. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, that's yeah, my first well. instinct thought. And uh, the only thing I could think of was to try and get the roof away from us. So I wanted to get my beam away from hitting him because the way it had fallen, it, my beam was going straight for him. Absolutely. And yours, yours were just going to flip over. Just gonna flip, yeah. As long as you let it go. Yeah. Uh, so I threw my beam in the air, which probably helped everything flip good. Yes. Uh, missed him. And then hit the ground. I'm just looking for three bodies standing. And I, I think we were all still on the ladders, too. It was surprising. Yep. And uh, I, I didn't even know what to say. Those are the times I'm like, you're fired. Just go. <laughs> you know, I don't have exactly. the patience to deal with you being an idiot. Uh, yeah, it caused a lot of damage to that coping on that pool. That yeah, was, that was so bad. Uh, and all I could think of was, I have to rebuild this roof now. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I cared about after I knew everybody was alive. Yep. Man, we've had some close calls, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember we were doing a big cage one time. We had this guy, James, working with us. <laughs> and uh, it was my crew and the other guy's crew, and Anton was on the other crew. 
And James was this guy who, uh, he was kind of petty, in my opinion, the yeah, way I, could, I had to I deal with him. Because uh, he, st- he I used to get a ride from him to work. Yep. And I had borrowed some money from him. I was young. We were not doing well financially. And I think I borrowed like 10 bucks or 20 bucks, something stupid. And I forgot about it. And he just stopped showing up one day. And I'm like, that was weird. Yeah. And uh, so I asked him about it later on. He's like, well, you never paid me back. I'm like, dude, you never said anything about it. What the hell, man? It was only like 10 bucks too. I remember him talking to me about it. That's why. (laughs) And I threw it at him. And uh, he was the kind of guy who always wanted you to think he was, uh, you know, he was the big guy there. And, and uh, you know, he was probably a good guy. I just never got to know that side of him. Yeah. So we're on this job one day, and uh, we have, it wasn't a two-story cage, but it was a tall cage. Yeah. It was like a four-foot rise on a 12-foot wall. So I think we were 14 feet in the air. And he was on a 12-foot ladder straddling a jacuzzi uh, waterfall uh, with the ladder straddling so the, so yeah. the jacuzzi is like eight eight inches wide on the wall, and his cross member of his ladder was on that, not the ladder feet. <clears throat> PSA: We used to do that all the time. Uh, OSHA: uh, We don't do that anymore. No. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we, I think I was screening, and and my guy was screening with me on the other end of the cage, and I just hear the ladder move in a really bad way, and then this body going. Thudding right onto the jacuzzi wall, and I look over, and James is straddling across. You know, midsection lands on it. I'm like, he's got no air in him now. He knocked the wind out of himself, and I guarantee he's got broken ribs. I mean, that was a hard fall. Does it end there? No. Hell no. <laughs> this guy, this guy's so stubborn. He doesn't wait for help. Mind you, I wouldn't have waited for help either. Um, yeah, we know this. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes to stand up and falls another ten feet into the pool. <laughs> So now he's got his his arms and knees and crap are all scraped, and he can't breathe, and his rib cage is probably broken up, yeah. and everyone's running to help him. And I'm like, oh, oh well, I mean, there's four people there. I guess I can keep going. I just kept screening. Yeah. I was yep. such a dick. <laughs> oh, but you man. knew that you had nothing to contribute because yeah. there are other people already there. Yeah, there was no point so. in me climbing down and getting in the crowd. I mean, your yeah. whole crew was over there. Yeah. Uh, I think Marty came down too because he was an EMT <coughs> and a race car driver. <laughs> I was just gonna say that. That's an inside joke. Someone see me if you ever want to hear about it. Yeah. Uh, Marty was a race car driver. But it's like <laughs> there's got to be times where you understand. Yeah, you want to help, but you're not going to be a help when you get there. Yeah. And I've been good at just not having the emotional response to know where that limit is. Like, there's five guys there, whatever. If yeah. he's dead, he's dead. Nothing I can do about it from here. Not to, by the time I get down there. Yep. Uh, those were the days, man. Oh, absolutely. Those were fun, fun days. Now it's it's fun in a different way. I just, I miss the crew we had. Yeah. The guys we had. I like to know what Harvey's up to. Guys, yeah. unbelievable. But, uh, yeah. Well, shit, that was 30 minutes. Really? Right. Yeah. Okay. Nice walk down memory lane. Yep. Uh, if you guys haven't noticed, we're doing a little bit of a different format with interview. It's not going to be counted as an episode for the podcast. We're going to do a separate episode for it. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Might bring some people in uh, if you guys like it. Well, thanks for being on. So what, we're done? I think so. Oh, fine. I got to go to bed, man. I got to get up. It's not even 8 o'clock. <laughs> you are an old man. I really am. Wow. I'll go lay down, but I won't fall asleep till like midnight. <laughs> 
Yeah, right. 8.30. I, yep, exactly. <laughs> wow. Well, you got to go on the road again. You're, yeah. Today's your day. Yeah, I'm cool. going to be heading out in probably an hour or so. Drive safe. Always. Don't Unless hit, don't hit the Camaro. Chances. That's right. Show them, don't be afraid to show him your tall finger. <laughs> oh, so that's Anton. He's my brother-in-law. Always will be. I don't care what happens with his sister. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's been a good talk. Thank you. And as always, if uh, you guys don't like it, just reach out, and I'll give you twice the money you paid for it back. Have a good night.